the word of god endures forever you know every weekend almost i have the sacred privilege of standing on this stage to teach god's word and i don't understand why people would try to deviate from this precious book <laughs> and yet we're finding churches all across the land have some kind of some way have lost their moral landscape and they've lost the commandments so i just encourage you to spend time daily in god's word we're in the gospel of mark maybe you're with us today it's the 15th uh study in this and it's like this one of the longest series i've ever done but i mean mark's kind of long and we're on rapid fire but if we find ourselves in the 13th chapter so open up to mark 13. you're saying well keith i didn't bring my bible well just open your phone app to mark 13 and try to refrain yourself from texting somebody else okay and, and and hang with me and some of you actually take notes on your phones and your tablets and that's kind of cool too well this morning i just jumped right into the outline there the destruction of the temple you find yourself there in in this chapter of mark so i want to read some verses to you starting with verse one as jesus was leaving the temple that day one of his disciples says teacher look at these magnificent buildings Look at the impressive stones in the walls. Jesus replied, yes, look at these great buildings, but they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Not what they were expecting to hear. Later, Jesus said on the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple, and Peter, James, and John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked, tell us when will all this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? And Jesus replied, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, the kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world, as well as famines. But this is only the first part of the birth pains, with more to come. And when these things begin to happen, watch out. You will be handed over to the local councils and beaten in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you're my followers, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. For the good news must first be preached to all nations. But when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at the time. For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And we'll continue with this uh, section as we walk through this 13th chapter. Very, very profound words here of Jesus. Here would be the first blank. Don't be deceived and discouraged don't be deceived in, in this day if we haven't spent time in god's word if we haven't spent time in god's house then we very possibly could be deceived even if we're in maybe the church and we haven't taken time to really hear and to study and uh, pursue god many things could come and they could kind of itch our ears and they could sound kind of good and maybe kind of correct and we might just kind of follow them and just wander just a little bit. But if you get off course just a little bit, it doesn't take long that you get off course a whole bit, a long ways. It's like if, if you're trying to go on a trip and you say, but I just want to deviate my trip. I just want to go a little bit more west and I need to go east to get my eastern de de uh, designation. Well, what's going to happen? You're never going to reach the destination that you set out to go to if you're off. And we have one goal as Christ followers, it's to go to heaven. It's to be the, in the presence of Jesus Christ. And the church said a big, I mean, man, that's, we're going home. I love when Tomlin sings that song about going home. Michelle, of course, it's hard for her right now because her dad just went home. But to be with Jesus, to be whole, to have a new uh, place, a new home, no more suffering, no more pain. But Jesus, 
the place that we all long to go to. So he starts off here, and there's this section here, and I just wrote it in your notes, false messiahs, political conflicts, wars, disasters, persecutions, all these things were happening. And I hear this a lot. Oh, pastor, is it the last day? Is, or, or when's Jesus coming? Hey, is it really close? Hey, will it be next week? Will it be next month? And I'll tell you why I won't tell you why that, because we don't know. And, and in that time when Jesus was giving these great words, they were thinking, oh, it must be next month, maybe next week. He's coming soon. And a couple thousand years have rolled by. But he will come, and we'll talk about it a lot this morning, the signs of the times of the end of the age. But Jesus, he comes for us. But there's this destruction of the temple there at Jerusalem, this magnificent facility that was built. And these walls and, and the stones were massive, and they didn't have big caterpillar equipment to move them around. It's just amazing to me the intellect, the ability they had to be able to move and build big things, and they thought, there's no way. But around 70 A.D., the, the temple was destroyed by the Romans. This magnificent building that Jesus had proclaimed, that Jesus had prophesied that would happen, it came down. And here's what I know about knowing Jesus and the Word of God. When Jesus says something, it comes to pass. When Jesus says something is going to be fulfilled, it will be fulfilled. Maybe not now, but it will be fulfilled. Because God's Word cannot lie, and God's Word is eternal. Amen? I mean, man, we just got to live. I mean, it's the only thing we can bank on. Everything else is subject to fall in this world. But as I look at this, I just think about, uh, it's, it's called the Olivet Discourse. It, this this message, this pro proclamation of Jesus that happened there on the Mount of Olives. And here in this place, Jesus, as he was in all these stories that we've been walking through the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has been telling stories. He's been preparing people for his Father's kingdom. He's been preparing them for something really great. But the disciples, Jesus had said some tough things that we've seen in past weeks. You can go back online if you want to listen. And he upset the people a lot because they thought, well, Jesus, will you set up a political empire? No, it's a spiritual one. Jesus, will you do this? Jesus destroying the temple, we, 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 we don't get that, Jesus. Jesus condemned the leaders, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious tribes of the day. Jesus would come against them and they would somehow want to woo Jesus in and go, but Jesus, maybe this temple... Because this was something made with hands. Maybe this will be the thing. And, and you see what happened? Jesus allowed it to be taken down in 70 A.D. But the disciples were troubled. And if we're not careful today, we're, we're troubled today sometimes through the things that we go through, things that we see that are happening in our world. But here's what I always hear. When is this going to happen, the end times, the, the last days? When, when, when? Will it be? And here's what we do. Then we personalize it. Will it be during my lifetime well, you know what I, I can't answer that I, I don't know we'll see in a minute that even jesus says he didn't know that's for the father to reveal and I'll, maybe we'll show you something interesting as we move to that part but it's just uh, fascinating to me here that every generation since the time of jesus christ has thought that theirs was the time the generation that would see the coming of christ the second time and he still tarries. How many of you are glad that Jesus still tarries? Well, you should be. If you've got lost family members, if you've got people that are not in Christ, if you've got people that have gone so far away from Jesus, there's still great time for repentance and to turn their heart back toward a holy God. 
And this morning, we'll talk about that great word rapture. I, I love the rapture. I believe in the rapture. I know there's all these theological schools of thought and pre and mid and post-tribulation and how it all happens. And I'll certainly share my convictions, and you might have a little bit different. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to make that the main thing. Uh, Gary Hunley told me one time, it, I'm a pan-trib. I said, I never studied that at Emory. I said, pan. I said, pre, mid, post. He goes, pan. It all pan out in the end, brother. It all pan out in the end. And that's pretty good theology. And, it, and that man was a Greek scholar. And now he sits in the presence of Jesus because the Lord took him some years ago to cancer. And I'm just thinking, I, I, wonder, I wonder what he knows now that I don't know because he, he knows more fully. But we ask wrong questions sometimes. I want you to just write down, and you can go back on your own later. Read Matthew 24, Matthew 25, Luke 21. Read the book of Daniel, especially starting in chapter 9. 10, 11, and chapters to follow. You see, you have to take God's Word in totality. If you just pull out a few verses here and there, you don't get the full story, the full panoramic view of what God's got for us. A lot of times, and, and, and I have favorite texts, and we call them proof texts or whatever, but, but you want to get the, the fullness of God's counsel. And so a lot of times people are like, let's study Revelation, let's study Revelation. But to really study Revelation, you've got to study Ezekiel, you've got to study Daniel, you've got to study other prophetic books, and then you get to Revelation, you go, huh, I'm tired. Let, let's just talk about Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And, you know, so we get to a little more simple truth. But listen to what Jesus said. In one translation it says, take heed. That means, when you see that word in King James or different translations, it means keep watch. And it mean, the watch means don't fall asleep. Have, have you ever noticed that? You, it's so hard. Jesus says, watch for my coming. I'll come again. Be alert. Be awake. The other night, Donna had already gone to bed. She was tired, and I was up watching something, and there's this really important event in my home on Friday night. It's called Friday Night Fever. And I was sitting there, and I wanted to watch it, and I was struggling. I was heavy of eye, and I was like wanting to keep watch. And this has nothing to do with the kingdom, but it makes the point here. And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm looking for this one particular school to see if they've won or lost. And gum, I fell asleep. Yeah, you, I'm sad. And then I woke up, and then the thought dawned on me. Praise God, praise God. I have DVR. I backed that son of a gun up. And I caught it. You know what? But let me tell you, when Jesus comes again, there won't be, hey, Jesus, I got this spiritual DVR. Can we just back it up? And I'll commit my life to you. I'll run to your altar. I'll commit my heart to you, King Jesus. As a matter of fact, that illustration just came to me. That's pretty good. But anyway, but, huh, amen, it'll preach. But anyway, but, but backing up. Because, you know, in this life, we have to make our commitment. In this life, we have to consecrate our lives for preparing for Him. Not falling asleep. And some of them had. And so there's a primary tactic that Satan has always had. I want you to write this down. Satan has always had, really, a lot of tactics. But there's one primary tactic that he's had. And you know what it is? Deception. Deception is his game. Satan loves to master in deception, and he's very good in it. He is a deceiver. He is a manipulator. He, uh, he comes to confuse us. He comes to distort the truth. Remember in Genesis when he says, did God really say that? Yeah, God really said that. 
And it's amazing how many people will fall for the distortion, for the deception. It, it, it's the so-called Christian cults. I have a hard time putting the word Christian in front of cult, somebody that tries to say there's another way than Jesus. And then some will even name the name of Jesus, but let me just get you to write in the margin if you take notes. He must be the biblical Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? Some say, we, we follow Jesus, we follow Jesus. But is it Jesus of Nazareth? Is it Jesus that was crucified, buried, and raised on the third day? That is the one that I invite you to follow. That Jesus is the real Jesus. That Jesus is the Jesus that will keep us against the ages. So he goes through this whole section here in the 13th chapter, and I encourage you to read it this week or maybe read it a few times over and over. The signs of the times. And then people will say, well, pastor, there's certainly an increase of natural disasters, and there's more famines, and there's more earthquakes, so it must be that Jesus is going to come this year. Oh, I don't know. There has been an increase. There's also a thing called social media. There's also called world news. There's a lot of things they didn't have in that day. There's a lot of things that we know that we didn't know a hundred years ago, thousands of years ago. But he is, wants us prepared, always ready that he might come, that he might peek through, that he might come. And then he says, this is going to be famines and wars and a persecuting age. In the scripture, we know Paul, when he went to proclaim before Agrippa and almost convinced him to become a follower of Jesus. And on and on, we see people in the Bible that we read about and they were annihilated. They were killed. They were tortured. They were persecuted for their faith and it talks about the end times it'll even be greater than it's ever been and it'll be just tough and people will be beaten and when paul in those, in that day when he stood before nero and and on and on and it, it's just uh, it it characterizes that age but it would characterize this age that we will have to be persecuted oh i don't like to talk about persecuted i remember when i got introduced to the persecuted christian movement 35 years ago and uh, Brother Andrew and some of them, how they suffered and how they smuggled Bibles into different countries that the grace of Jesus Christ might be extended into a region. I remember Toby Miller that morning, he came in here. We supported him when they were in China. And he came in that morning with his paper bag wrapped over his Bible because he could never hold up the Word of God with just a cover or his name on it. He had to do it in seclusion. They used to come over to his and Christina's home and they would baptize new converts in their bathtub because in fear that their lives might be taken for the sake of the gospel. I've preached the gospel all over the world, but I've never been in some place that dark, that persecuting. But in these last days, it talks about the persecution will be great. And I even wonder sometimes now about uh, how tough it might get in America. I don't know, but here's what Jesus says. Christians, followers of me, be faithful unto death. Write that down in your notes. Be faithful unto death. Be steadfast. Be immobile. Enduring me to the end. That's what I want for you. That's what I've got. And then let's move on down here. So he's got this thing, betraying one another. Look down there at verse 14. The day is coming when you will see the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing with where he should not be. Reader, pay attention. And then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must go, he must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it would be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not, your flight will not be in winter. 
and for there will be greater anguish in these days in those days and at any time since god created the world and it will never be so great again in fact unless the lord shortens shortens that time of calamity not a single person will survive but for the sake of his chosen one some translations say for the elect he has shortened those days and then if anyone tells you look here's the messiah or there he is don't believe it for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders so as to deceive circle that word deceive that's what they want to do if possible even god's chosen ones will be deceived but verse 23 there it is again he keeps using this word box it in watch out watch out i have warned you about this ahead of time at that time after the anguish of those days the sun will be dark and the moon will give no light the stars will fall from the sky and the powers in the heavens will be shaken and then everyone will see the son of man coming on the clouds with great power and glory you read a scene like this and it's just unbelievable in this um abomination of desolation and second second thessalonians talks about this at some point but this man of sin uh then we get in in here we'll get into this man of perdition the son of perdition we'll get into this antichrist and it will be a, a tough day at the end of the age and and i would just write down there daniel 9 26 and you can go back over to that reference but in eight in, in 70 a.d as i told you jerusalem fell the temple was destroyed titus uh, was fulfilling the prophecies of jesus with the destruction of the temple at that time and they destroyed it completely and you can go there and see the ruins of it but uh so there will be a new temple constructed at some time and this will be a terrible time and i want you to fill in this blank this will be a terrible time of unprecedented trouble you know jesus says and you will have tribulation and jesus talks about in this world we're going to have tribulation in these earth relationships we have today and how many of you had a little tribulation in your life this month just just raise your hand okay how about in the last 90 days anybody had a little tribulation yeah everybody guys this tribulation is not the little earthly this tribulation he talks about coming into the great tribulation this is the the wrath of a holy god that comes against the people it makes our tribulation look like you're having cupcakes and sitting down with mama I mean, it's going to be hard. And you say, well, Pastor, why do you talk about this stuff? And I don't totally understand it. I don't, and, and, and I've read and studied this for decades, and, and there's all these different theories and these interpretations and that. But what I want us to know is I want us to be prepared in our hearts that we have a solid testimony in Christ and that we love and worship the Lord Jesus and that He is the Master and we follow Him, that we might be prepared, that we might be ready when He comes again. Amen? I don't want you to miss out, man. If you missed out this, then I've not done my job. Then you've missed the goodness of the Lord God Almighty. These terrible time of unprecedented trouble, an economic crunch in that day. That one central uh, system of money, commerce is controlled by central authority. We could go through all these different theories and all these different things that might, or we, we speculate it's going to happen, but it's going to be a worldwide religious deceit in the end times. And there'll be one that'll come and he'll pose and he'll set himself up in the great tribulation, the, the seven-year period, and then you get into the three and a half and he'll put himself up on the, on, the, on the honor seat that he might be honored and that'll be the Antichrist. And, like, Ugh. and you see, here I am, I, I just go ahead and tell you, and, 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 and don't leave the church over this, don't get upset because I want you to know Jesus and it's by grace that you are saved, amen? It's by the blood of Christ, whether we get all this right or not. But, but here's the deal, I, I, want, you, I want you to trust Christ. 
I want you to know him. I, I, don't, I don't want you to miss out on, on, on Christ. But I, but I do, I do ascend, I ascend to the pre-trib thing that I believe after the third chapter of Revelation, the church is not mentioned, and I believe Jesus raptures us out of here. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you believe, I believe you. And you're saying, well, pastor, I'm a mid-trib. Well, praise the Lord. Tell me, go, pastor, I'm hardcore. I'm a post-tribber. Well, bless your heart, get some great faith, and get ready. Okay? So it, whatever this time is when he comes again, but what I do believe is, but I believe that he will come. It's like this second coming of Christ. And as he comes, this first one, as he comes through the clouds, he doesn't touch the earth that time. And he calls those which are dead to be called up with him in the clouds. Is that hope, church? That's the hope of the king of glory. The one that we read about the other day, riding on a donkey. He ain't riding on a donkey this time, okay? But he comes, and then at the second coming, then he comes and sets up his new millennial kingdom. And Oh, man, there's so much material. If we went through all this in depth, we would be here to 2.30. So we have snack lunches for you. Y'all come on out of the kitchen now. No, I'm teasing. Some of you go, that'd be pretty cool. we just have a preach-off in here. All right, so this worldwide thing, the coming of the Son of Man. There it is. Look there in the middle of the page. The coming of the Son of Man. Well, that's the coming of Christ. That's Jesus. And it's the climax of history. It's when Jesus Christ appears with great power, with great glory. Uh, man, it's, it, it's the departure of the church where the remnant, where those that are saved, those that are which still alive that haven't proceeded already in death, they're caught up with him in the clouds. Oh, I long for that. I, I, I look for that. I, I look for that sky to part. Now, I don't want you just running around going, well, Pastor, should we wrap on a sheet and just get on top of the church and just sit there and go, we're a goofy group and we're just sitting here looking? No. Jesus says, why there's still work to do, work. Why there's still day, work. Be diligent. Uh, do it as unto the Lord. Serve man. Witness your faith. Pray that many will come to know Jesus Christ. Man, that's, that's the day in which we live, and there, there are clear signs. And he uses the fig tree here to teach us spiritual truth. We, we talked about that some the other day. And, and, and preparation has, has always been God's heart. Preparation. There was a preparation for his coming. There's a preparation now for the, the second coming of Christ. Do you believe in the second coming of Christ? Do you believe Christ will, ascend, will descend again? Wait a minute. Do you believe Christ will come again? Okay, I just want to make sure. Like, well, I don't know, Pastor. You know, I, you know, I, if he wants to, he could come. No, if he wants to, he's coming. And it, and it just seems like it's so long. Yet to the Father, it doesn't seem too long. He's so rich in mercy. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. This morning, you and I woke up and we faced the, the mornings of the uh, the mercies of the Lord, and they were new and special. I'll just give you this, the brief overview of these events. There will be many false messiahs. We read that. There will be wars and rumors of war. There will be a great turmoil among the nations. There will be persecution of the people of God. Scripture talks about that, verses 9 through 13. And then there will be this Antichrist that comes that sets up his rule. And uh, Oh, it's, it, it's terrible. It's a tribulation period. And yet the spiritually blind will refuse to see or listen to the truth of the Word of God. But as those that follow that ascribe to the way of Jesus Christ, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. They will prepare their hearts. And they'll be like, Lord, could this be the day? Sometimes, you know, it, it gets real quiet. I, I've had those times around the church when nobody was here and I thought there were people here. 
And, and I, I remember this back when our church was a lot larger and we had a lot of staff. And one day, I don't know what happened, but everybody was gone but me. And I don't know what had happened. And I came in here. And the thought hit me for a millisecond. I've been left. And, you know? And, and, and I just kind of looked around. I'm like, whoa, whoa. And that's a scary feeling for your pastor to feel that way. And I went, no, no, I'm anchored. I'm secure in Jesus. You know, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to give you hope. I'm trying to get you to anchor to the rock, the rock of the ages, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have solid relationship with Christ. You're found in Him. Jesus Christ is your identity. Man, that's what the, the Christian life's about, making Christ my life, my Lord, my Savior, my Master. I follow after Him. Lord, help us to see who you are in your fullness. And then he goes about heaven and earth will pass away. But not King Jesus. He's eternal. He'll come. These concluding signs as, as he prepares to come for us. And yet, in these last days, there'll be those that have never bowed to the Messiah. So they'll be left here and like, will, will they make it through this hard tribulation period? And it's so much study on this. And it's just so hard and yet, th I, there will probably be some, some Jews, some that will come to faith in Christ. But I think it'll be few. I would just say, man, that we don't know if we're going to die first and that'll be our time for judgment or if we get caught up later. But I'd say it's always a time to prepare. Always to, you know, you, you know that, if I'm real honest, if, if there's that besetting sin that Hebrews talks about, there's that sin that you're kind of nursing, you're kind of holding on to, you, you know you should push it away here it is you know you should take the garbage to the street you should put it out but you're just kind of holding it close this would be a great day to take the trash to the curb to put the sin at the foot of the cross and say jesus cleanse me from that i want to be right with you jesus i want to be holy Lord, I want to be fit for heaven, not because of what I do, but because of my faith in a perfect Savior, that I cling to Him, that I'm found in Christ. He's our blessed hope. It's not what we do, it's who He is. This eternal book, God's Word, talks about that God will fulfill His Word and His prophecy against that day. And Lord, we, we want to be ready. Lord, we want to believe more of your word. You know, that's what I encourage you in today. I hope that you'll, you'll love more God's word than you did when you came in. And my, one of my goals today is to get you a little frustrated that you might go read your Bible something. I don't know, man, that pastor, he's kind of giving me some thumb sketches here, and he's got me a little upset, and a little scurry, and I've got to make sure I'm right with Jesus. Well, that's a great place to be, friend to get right with Christ, to, to endure, to, to follow him. Listen to John 14, 3. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. I love that. Jesus says, I'm getting things ready. I'm getting them prepared. I'm preparing a room, a mansion, a boat in heaven for you. But when I come, I'm coming to get you. I love that. Hey, you, you remember, remember when you were a kid and you were sitting out there and you're waiting on your ride? Anybody remember that? You're waiting on your ride. You're like, man, I hope they come. And, and then they show up and it's a glory. And I never will forget. When I was in uh, first grade, a lady forgot me. For some reason, she was picking me up for my mom. And uh, I was across town, and, and she was going to pick me up that day at school. Uh, I was doing this thing, and uh, she didn't show up. And we didn't have this thing called cell phones and all that, and I don't think I knew my number or whatever. And so I'm just kind of stuck. And you know what this boy did? I took out on a journey by myself walking. 
Yeah, I got in some serious trouble when I got home. But my neighbor got in more trouble because they, they forgot me. I was waiting for them. I was, I was hoping they were going to come. Hey, have you ever been left before? Yeah, and the event went on, and you're just sitting home going, I know they're coming. I, around here, around the church, everybody's always waiting. Teenagers, you know, a lot of them drive over here today, but used to they'd always be waiting for their parents. When I was a youth pastor, we would get back from a week worth of camp. We had been gone all week. Kids had gotten saved. God was moving. We, were, we hadn't slept for a week, you know, eating sugar 24-7. Kids that were supposed to be on ADDDDDD medicine, they, they had not taken any. I was done, and we'd get home, and, and it'd be time to go, and there'd be like two kids left in the parking lot. I'm like, really? Like, are they coming? Keith, I know they're coming. They're coming. That's what you said an hour ago. Hey, could, could, could we get in the car right now and go find them? You know, man, I, I hate for people to get left. You know what I'm saying? Well, here, you don't want to get left on this planet, folks. You don't want to get left without Jesus. You, you want to make sure you're right with him. And, that, and, and this thing, let, let, move on down here. So, the parable, no one knows the day or the hour. Look at verse 32. I want you to jump down there because we talked about the coming of the clouds with great power. Look at verse 32. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels, the good angels, the bad angels, they don't know. Or... The Son Himself, only the Father knows. And I mean, I used to read that, and that bothered me. I'd go, Jesus knows everything. What do you mean Jesus doesn't know? And I've been studying this, I've been pondering this, and I've been going, why didn't Jesus know? How many of you believe Jesus is omnipotent and all-powerful and all-knowing, and He knows everything? I do. Well, some of you don't believe that. Okay, but He does. I think, well, why doesn't Jesus know? And as I kept studying this, I finally got a revelation to understand it. And come back next week and I'll tell you. Now I'm going to tell you now. That's what I should do. I should just tease you and walk out. You know why? Because Jesus limited himself on this earth to become a man, to become a human like us. He limited his powers and his knowing. I believe after the ascension. So today, if you ask me, I think I could build a case for it. I think Jesus knows exactly when the Father is coming. The Bible says the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one God. He knows. But during this time, I believe he, he didn't know. He goes, hey, I don't know. The angels don't know. But the Father knows. And the Father knows best. And he knows when he's coming. And I, I get So Jesus didn't exercise his deity here on earth. If he'd exercised his deity, man, his mission would probably been a lot shorter. He'd be like, Let's just go to heaven now. But he had a mission from the Father. And that's what we've been talking about. So no one knows the day or the hour. There's the secrecy filled in. The secrecy of his coming. It's a hidden time. But in this hidden time that I've tried to preach on today, Jesus is really giving us this big word. Get ready. Ready or not, here I come. He's coming. I've been trying to get a load up for 22 years. Actually, I've been trying to get a load up for over 40 years as a follower of Jesus. But at Christ Community, under that banner, for 22 years, I've been trying to get buses ready. And we've seen so many come to Christ over the years. We haven't in recent years, and it breaks my heart. But we've seen a lot that have changed their eternal address by placing their faith completely in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation. Amen? And following Christ. Those people live all over America today, all over the world. I'm grateful for that. 
some of you have come to know Christ here. And so it's a, it's a hidden time. And, and I remember this. I was, I was a youth pastor during these days, and, and I still remember hearing this. I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because I know my Bible, but, but listen to this. There, there was this guy, and he was a retired NASA worker. And when you say retired NASA worker, I'm thinking, Jeff Weir. Okay, that was only funny to me and Doug. Jeff used to sing. He didn't sing. He used to be in the booth, and he wants to be an astronaut. He's in the Air Force. But, but this, this uh, retired worker, he wrote this book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. Oh, guess what? 1988 came and went, and Jesus didn't show up. But listen to how dumb America is. He wrote a book the next year, 89 Reasons Jesus Will Come in 1989. And it sold a bunch of copies. All you got to do is read your Bible. I mean, I've been thinking, man, the son doesn't know, the, you know, the angels don't know, the father knows, the NASA man don't know, he is deceived. Anyway, I thought it was kind of funny, but nobody knows when he's going to return. But be a part of the second coming of Christ. Just write down these verses, John 14, 1 through 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 52. Some of you are like, man, you're giving me something to do. I am, because I want you to write. I want you to think. I want you to, to capture this. So in this thing, I don't believe the signs really precede the rapture. He just shows up. In the second coming, we have, are, are working through some of this about this end-time frenzy. But here, here's really kind of some of my closing thoughts. Are you ready? Are you, are you ready for the second coming of Christ? Because I do, I, I do contemplate that seriously sometimes. Like, Lord, this would be a good season. Our country's in a mess. Lord, our world is broken. It's been broke for a long time. That's why Jesus came. How many of you are thankful for a Redeemer that makes people whole today? And can repair stuff that we mess up? Man, I've done my share of messing up stuff. How about you? So Jesus, so here it is. Put in there. Be alert and watch. That goes in the blank. Be alert and on watch. Be awake, fully awake. It's a, a heavenly time when Jesus comes again. We watch for the Master's return. And we don't let anything turn us aside. We don't let anything derail us from knowing Him more intimately than we knew Him yesterday. And we run after, we pursue Jesus with all we've got. That's why we've come this morning, that we might know more of Christ, that we might be watching, that we might not be deceived by the false voices, by the false messiahs, by the antichrist, by the false prophecies, by the false teachers of the day. Oh, they're everywhere. They're, they're rampant in our world. They're rampant. But we know Christ. We, we know his word. We know his map. We know his plan. We get to know him better. That's why it's so important to be a part of a small group where you study God's Word with other believers. And you can have conversations and dialogue and questions and answers and spur and push each other on toward more being like Jesus. And pray and comfort and encourage one another. Am I building a case, church, for small groups this morning? Am I, church? Then we ought to just explode. We're challenged to watch, to be attentive 
To be ready. Oh, Jesus, we want to be ready. We want to be awake in these dark days, in those dark days of the great tribulation or wherever we find ourselves. Lord, we just want to be on alert. We want to be acknowledging you that you will come again just as you said you would. People love to hear about the second coming. But then when you start to hear it like this, you go, I don't know, man, I'm a little scared of it. There's no reason to have fear. Jesus will be with us. If God be for us, who be against us? He's our God. He's a rescuing God. Oh, God, thank you for rescuing us. We're challenged to work during these days to be faithful, to serve Him faithfully until He comes. So this morning, I know I've, I've taken you through a lot of things, but uh, last thought, be spiritually fit. We like to be physically fit, mentally fit, athletically fit, ready. Well, let's be spiritually fit. God, I just want to give you my heart. I want to consecrate it to your purposes. God, I want you to do a new work in me this morning. Man, that'd be a great place today. And here's what we're going to do this morning. Um, I was going to get in this other thought of Revelation 12. Just write that down. Armageddon and all the great stuff I didn't get into. We've got a great song we're going to close out with this morning. And here's what I'd like to do. I'd like for this altar just to be open. And so worship team, if y'all would come forward. And as the worship team prepares to lead us in a great celebratory song of worship to the one who is worthy, I want to invite us to possibly slide out of our chair and come to this altar and maybe make some kind of commitment or plea or whatever that the Lord is dealing with our hearts. Or maybe we bring a friend with us. I, I don't know. But during this time, let's just make it a time that the service isn't quite over yet. I am ended a little bit earlier just so we would have this time just to focus on the presence of Jesus. Ask Jesus now if he just wants you to, to make a move toward him. Bow your heads with me this morning. Will you do that? Lord God, what will we be doing when you come again? I pray that we will find ourselves faithful to you, spiritually fit, ready for your appearing again. Lord, thank you for your great word of warning and admonition to us. And Lord, I thank you that you can uh, save us completely and keep us against that day. Lord, help us to make you our confidence this morning. Lord, help us to put aside our trust in our baptism or our church membership or whatever we've done, but help us to put our trust completely and only in you, Jesus. Give us clean hands and pure hearts this morning as we come. Lord, some of us need to come to this altar just to confess and repent. Some just need to come to this altar just to give you praise and gratitude. But Lord, we come with passion in our hearts. We come. Church, let me ask you to stand to your feet now. Everybody stand to your feet. And I invite you, if the Spirit's dealing this morning, just come. Man, we used to do this all the time, and somehow we haven't had the altar time we've had. But I, I sense in my spirit today, God is just calling some people to new commitments of faith today. Maybe for the first time, or maybe it's a recommitment, or maybe it's just something that God's dealing with. And maybe you're scared. Let me tell you, you're safe in this place. I tell you that all the time. 
take the person by the hand next to you and go, would you go with me? Would you pray with me? That's called a faith family. We're a community of believers. And we need to be there for each other. But y'all, let's respond to the voice of God. Let's, let's worship Him.